All right, gentlemen, shall we get started? Let's shall. Let's do it. And welcome to another episode of Geek Phantology. I'm your host today, Neil Cordray, and I'm joined this week by... The smooth, one true Ben. Casanova Mike. We don't have a Wookiee today. Um, the weather prevented him from being able to make this recording session. Sorry. We miss Wookie him. hibernation. Yes. Um, so, um... This is uh, going to be going live. The episode we record like a week in advance, so that's going to be this is going to be going live on the seventeenth, uh, which is three days after Valentine's Day. So we thought we would talk about love, or at least romance, in geekdom, and. Yeah, okay, well, well all, all things tangential. It doesn't yeah. have to be one particular thing. Love, romance, sexuality, etc. Yes. Everything that's in that realm of Valentine's Day esque things. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls getting together, boys and boys getting together, mm-hmm. girls and girls getting together. All those combinations. Mm-hmm. All the many things. <laughs> uh, but first, we got this week in Geek, uh, which is really last week in Geek because of the recording and, uh, and uh, broadcasting schedule, but whatever. All of, our week, all of our news is always a week behind, which is kind of funny. I realized that uh, today. Uh, so We could do, why don't we make it Fortnite and Geek? And then it will be more fun and accurate. Yeah, but then Epic Games will start to, to complain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's that. So, so what are we going to do? Which is a very week? fun game, by the way, Fortnite. We always claim that we're spelling it differently because yeah. we're just saying it. Well, actually, they spell it differently. We'd be spelling it correct. Well, there you go. Even better. Um, <laughs> we're being correct. Those so, yeah, assholes. Fortnite. So, the, so the, the week that we just experienced as we were recording in Geek, this week in Geek still sounds better, and I think we're still going to keep it. Call, call it that. Well, that could be the official week. title, sure. Yeah. Last week Having in some Geek. fun with it. Last so. week in Geek, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, big bits of trailery news. Uh, we, got a, we got an official trailer for Solo... And Wookie's not here to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it will be something that comes up more than yeah. once. So like we've got a trailer shot. for Deadpool 2. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Venom teaser trailer as well. Yeah, which nobody... Has basically no Venom in it. Hey! <laughs> I, I, I haven't watched it, but I, I was under the impression it had no Venom in it whatsoever. Yeah, well, I'd like to kick things off with that, because I've been a huge Venom fan uh, basically forever. Um, he was like my he was my favorite comic book uh, character for a while in the '90s. There's, I mean, there's, it was one of those things where like um, I was kind of I was obsessed with him for a little while, and then like I still liked him, and then I kind of lost interest. But like over the years, it's always been one of those nostalgic things where you know I see it come up, and I'm like, oh hey, a Venom thing. And I'm always curious how they handle the character. How they're going to ruin the character? Yeah, basically. <laughs> As some of those overdramatic people on the internet would say, ruin my childhood, rawr. And it's just like, no, you can't ruin what's already there. What's there is there, and it's great. But that being said, I don't want there to be huge missed opportunity, especially with the character that I've enjoyed for so long. And yeah, basically, um, as far as the no Venom thing, mm-hmm. the extent of uh, Venom as in the symbiote, not the combo mm-hmm. of symbiote and host, just the symbiote, which becomes Venom. Um, yeah, you just see it in a jar. That's it. It's never actually on him. Now, to be fair, they say it is a teaser trailer, so I'm not holding it against them too much, but considering it was like 
what, a minute and a half or so, if you exclude the stupid little like logos at the beginning and stuff mm -hmm. and the end. Uh, that's kind of a long time to not ever have the symbiote on the person. Just saying. Like, yeah. I would be fine with it if it was a true teaser trailer where it's like a minute tops. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because a lot of those teaser trailers have been like 30 seconds to 60 seconds. Yeah. And I feel like we have this trend now where we just kind of expand these things. It's like, hey, here's an announcement for the teaser, for the teaser trailer. And it's just like, could we just have a, a deep, like an idea of what teaser means and what trailer means and stick to it? Because you'll have a teaser trailer that's about the same length as a regular trailer now. Like a minute and a half? Like that's getting into actual trailer territory. I just find that kind of weird. There are movies that aren't as long as some trailers. Yeah, uh -huh. Or Spider-Man Homecoming, where the final trailer is essentially the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. The, the only without thing, parts, only showing showing stuff that isn't in the movie. It's kind of fitting that I'm I'm torn, and I have like you know two very different takes on it because it's very much like the whole symbiote thing where you have two personas trying to reconcile themselves. Mm -hmm. um, part of me is very excited, and the other part of me is very trepidatious and unimpressed. Um, it looks like, I mean, first of all, Tom Hardy seems like good casting to me. He's a great actor. I think he has the gravitas to pull it off. It looks like they're, I'm starting with the good here because I want to be optimistic because I love the character. Um, mm -hmm. It looks like they're taking it seriously. They're not going to go too jokey with it or try to like just uh, mimic all the other things that have succeeded, like with the Mar MCU and all that. Uh, but then on the other hand, uh, considering how little of him is in the trailer, uh, the symbiote, I mean, uh, and how crappy they've done it before, Spider-Man 3, we're looking at you. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm very concerned about uh, how it will be portrayed both in its appearance and the persona and everything. Mm -hmm. And also, Tom Hardy's generic American accent is kind of weird. I, I'm not... I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. At least it's not Bane voice. I guess that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can understand what he's saying. That's a plus. Now you have my permission to die. Did you see it, Ben? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, so I'm Sorry. actually the only... I'm in a unique position here. Okay. Yeah, no. I, I, well, I, I, I tend is... to avoid actually watching trailers for things in general. Yeah. Uh, because I find that the more I get hyped for anything anymore... Right. The less... Like... Frequently, if it's a movie that I'm planning on going seeing, I guess I'll probably end up having to go see Venom because we probably want to do an episode on yeah, it. Yeah, it's a big pop culture um, thing, sure. But I'm not too I'm not too super invested in it. Yeah. Um, like I watched the I've I've watched the Black Panther trailer once. Right. Um, I'll make no mistake. I do not watch the trailers multiple times, yeah. and I don't seek them out. Mm -hmm. um, basically, my well, and here's the thing: is I don't. I, feel I like especially I don't, don't uh, like teaser trailers. It's like, yeah, what I, is even the point of a teaser trailer? I, I generally agree with you. I just uh, a I wanted to be able to talk about it, <laughs> and b uh, just sheer curiosity because I've followed the character for so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like uh, it's kind of like I don't know. It's like a Jane Goodall thing where I'm just observing for science. And so it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to watch this. I'm going to see what's going on. Like I'll be able to talk about it for the show. And I don't get invested. I'm not like, oh, man, this better be good. Or, oh, this is going to be good. I can't wait. I just kind of watch it. I'm like, okay, that's a thing. And I move on. And then by the time I actually watch the movie, I've either forgotten most of it or kind of checked out on most of that. Right. And as Rogue One has shown us, there's no guarantee that what's in the trailer is going to be in the movie necessarily. Yeah, we'll show, which in we'll that case I thought was a very good thing because yeah. I was very iffy about some of the trailer material. Yeah, like I rebel and yeah. all that crap. Well, the, uh, <laughs> but I digress. The thing with the Venom, with Venom, I remember when Venom used to be Peter Parker's suit. Right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, introduced during uh, Secret War. Secret Wars one. Yep. Yeah. 
the same one that first broke Captain America's shield. Well, I I love uh, the just the general like black costume and symbiote story and everything. That's part of why I found Venom's character interesting. <coughs> you had a unique situation where Spider-Man's one of Spider-Man's villains knew who he was mm-hmm. and knew not only that, but in a weird way, they were intimately connected. Yeah, like in a weird way, Eddie Brock slash symbiote slash Venom have actually experienced Peter Parker slash Spider-Man's life because there's this bond that happens where they actually become the same being. So some of that is shunted off to Eddie Brock and that's why some of the same... uh, A lot of the things are basically a more stronger version of Spider-Man's powers because he was the former host. Like, the symbiote creates quote-unquote webs with the symbiote itself and he has super strength and agility and speed. Like, all the Mm -hmm. things that Spider-Man has... Venom has because the symbiote was so... And he doesn't trigger spider sense. Exactly. Which is another (laughs) unique thing. Because, yeah, because it's a tune... He's basically attuned to to Peter. Yeah. I I agree. I've always liked Venom, the character, just... Right. I didn't bother to watch the teaser trailer. Right. Well, here's the interesting thing about Venom versus Spider-Man is that everyone else who becomes a host for the symbiote becomes Venom. But when Venom basically was bonded to Peter, he still was Spider-Man. Granted, a darker version of him. Yeah, right. But well, and that speaks to Peter Parker's strength of character and willpower. Like, yeah. he is a darker version of himself, but he still maintains some control. Whereas, basically, mm-hmm. any other host bends to the symbiote. They're the Ex- subservient one. Exactly. Now, in the comics, they kind of play with that, and it changes. And there's all this stuff like. Oh, he's a villain right now. Now he's an anti-hero. Blah blah blah. And just over the sheer like length of time, you've got Agent Venom and experience. Of well, that's that's a whole other thing. I'm just sticking to Brock for now. But um, yeah. they they have some sort of uh, what what he, what Brock would claim is like um, harmony or whatever. Where other people would claim, well, now you're fully insane and it doesn't bother you anymore. But where <coughs> the truth lies, some sort of balance where they're able to just do their own thing mm-hmm. without necessarily being, uh, you know, one aspect or the other where it goes and tilts in one extreme or another. Right. But anyway, I don't spend too much time on it. I just, we can talk about that more in depth when yeah, it comes up. It'll be interesting. Uh, I'll definitely want to yeah. watch the watch the movie, probably talk about it whenever it comes out. My other big impression was, I didn't realize it was already coming out in October. That seems really soon. So many things are coming out this year that I didn't, like... I thought it was going to be next year. I didn't realize that... Uh, May is going to be the just the the most oh, yeah. crazy month of all because it's Deadpool be two comes out in May too. Right, right. Yeah. I didn't. Re- I thought that was coming out next year as well. It's like I didn't Deadpool realize. two and within a week of that, in, uh, Marvel Avengers Infinity War and Solo comes out in May and Solo, which again, but it doesn't come out on May the fourth, uh, yeah. which is a missed, missed opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> again, a very like a lot sooner than I thought it was going to be. I assumed yeah. Solo was going to be in the like December range, like all the other Star Wars. You movies. may have to double up review episodes. Oh, May's. absolutely. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be chock full of uh, big releases. Yeah, or do, do like a double length episode or something. I don't know, but because just there's, it, I mean, it's May, so it's the start of the summer blockbuster season, right? Which makes sense. A lot of geek, a, a lot of geek media is also summer blockbusters. Um, there's something I wanted to just vamp off of real quick because I've, I've finally had the time to look up the quote. Uh, talking about people ruining your childhood. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote that has been wild, widely attributed, but apparently, at least according to uh, the quote investigator, should be attributed to James Cain, uh, an author who wrote things like The Postman Only, Always Rings Twice, uh, Double Indemnity, uh, Mildred Pierce, 
a uh, number, number of the things that were made into many movies. Right. Uh, he was asked once by an interviewer, what do you think about Hollywood ruining your books? Uh, this was an d- interview done inside his house. So the man took, it, took the interviewer into his, uh, into his study, pointed at a bookshelf and said, look, there's my books. Right. They're right there. Nothing's happened to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, two, uh, thing, two things can be true. The original work can be great, and the new adaptation can suck. Yes. They're not mutually yeah. exclusive. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Well, yeah, and I'm sorry, you know, if your childhood is ruined, you're still having it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's fair. They changed it, so now, so now all of the enjoyment that I got as a child is... Meaningless? No. Yeah, right. I was say, yeah, if your childhood is ruined, you must still be... Darth Vader, by the way, that's a good example. Darth Vader going, no, doesn't make him any less badass than he was in the original trilogy. Yeah. Still watch the movies, he's still a badass. Yep. Yeah. And in Rogue One. In Rogue One, One, yeah. yeah. I I feel so satisfied that they've they've indicated Vader. Let's watch (laughs) Darth Vader going through... Everyone. I can watch that on the loop for like half. Oh an hour. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, good. what does he need stormtroopers for? Cannon fodder. <laughs> yeah. and equal opportunity cannon fodder. Now we have the rebels to get slaughtered like red shirts. Yeah, exactly. Everyone can get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean that 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 last... has... He doesn't need the stormtroopers. They just kind of, they, they 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 kind of just come along. For they're all like set dressing for him. Yeah, yeah well, they're fanboys. Yeah, <laughs> they're Darth Vader fanboys. Yeah. Hey, as long as we're with him. We're practically invulnerable. In, in a fashionable color contrast. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's why he needs a color contrast. <laughs> he looks so much cooler with all these little white right? armor bucket things. Yeah, guys the... guys that look like skeletons, walking skeletons. Yeah. Well, and, Actually, yeah, more that's... like those little skeleton costumes, like the skeleton yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. Not even real skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Faux well, skeletons. Yeah, and, you know, that last minute of Rogue One completely redeems... Darth Vader and anything else that yeah. happened in the story. And then about three weeks later, canonically, you know, in canon, he has the, the most... old man fight. He has the old man <laughs> fight. And hey, we try to get consistent with Star Wars lore. We're going to drive ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I just, I like that... Uh, we I, got old, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got old in two damn weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I've been chasing fair. my daughter across the galaxy. <laughs> hey, you know, Death Star is a very stressful project. He, just, he aged really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> he pulled a muscle on the... So we, we mentioned the Deadpool 2 trailer, so let's segue into that. Yeah. Um, what did you yeah. guys think of that? Well, um, that was unrealistically uh, fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you gotta love I, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. You know. uh, Ryan Reynolds is perfect as Deadpool. He really is. Which is interesting because I uh, apparently he didn't know who Deadpool was until like Origins. Uh, uh, what? Until Wolverine Origins. Uh, well, yeah. We don't speak that way. <laughs> well, no, like. Or is it the Ryan Reynolds Sharpay thing? That the Ryan Reynolds Sharpay <laughs> thing was the first time somebody said, "Hey, Deadpool recognized you." Yeah, and he's like, "Who the hell's Deadpool?" Yeah, and, he, and his response, <laughs> and that had only, and the Ryan Reynolds mixed with the Sharpay was only like a year before right. X Men or Origins Wolverine. Which, yeah. honestly, I don't think was nearly as bad a movie as a lot of people give it guff for. It is fashionable to dump on it. Yeah. It, I mean, they fucked up most, Deadpool. It earned most of it. So. Well, okay, they, they did okay when he was Wade. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wade Wilson was fine. De- Quote-unquote Deadpool was terrible. And yeah. They, and they even lampshaded in Deadpool it was so bad. Like, yeah. He was like... Talk, there's a line about stitching his mouth shut when he gets annoyed with him. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Ajax yeah. slash Francis, I think. Yeah. Was the one that said that. Yeah. yeah. It's like... 
I wouldn't do it. The fans will complain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just, I mean, Deadpool is 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 one of those phenomenon that you know the writers are going probably sitting back going what? This well, the interesting, the interesting thing about it is. Um, Deadpool has always kind of been around. He's been around since the early 90s. Yeah. Uh, but he was never really like a pop culture thing until uh, more recently. And that was when it then drew Ryan Reynolds' attention yeah. to him as a character. So it's fitting that well, that's when he kind of gets in the loop. Yeah. Because that's when he was picking up steam in general, where his books yeah. were selling well. And he had a video game come out in 2009 that sold pretty well. And if you think about it... Deadpool has always been a joke character. Rob Liefeld made him as a as an absolute send up of, oh, yeah. of Death, oh, Deathstroke. Death which is why his name is Wade Wilson instead of Slade Wilson. Yeah. Which yeah. is Deathstroke's name. Yeah. Yeah, he's basically a joke character the whole mm-hmm. time. He's always been a parody. Yeah. Um just they decided to play it up and he got a he got a loyal fan base. Which is great because, you know, this the whole self deprecating humor mm-hmm. works because he was a joke character to begin with. He's always like com- yeah. he's always commenting on like the amount of pouches he has and like yeah. you know, how nothing can kill him and all I, this stuff. And I gotta say, I really like um I really like the guy they got for cable. I like Oh yeah. The, the, uh, Josh Brolin. Yeah, that guy yeah. Josh he he yeah. does. He does cable proud, which is hard because he's another Liefeldian proportioned right. character. Yeah, yeah. Or the yeah. unrealistic and, male standards of, yeah. uh, of yeah. masculinity. Yeah. And he's not, yeah. and he's still not muscles you know, on muscles on muscles. He still doesn't have you know a torso that's like half the size of my love seat. But he's yeah, the still, adaptation does it well. But so. yeah, the the adaptation still makes him look like this grizzled. Badass who could probably pick you up with one hand and break you in half. And also, I, I feel like we got to actually hear him speak a bit in the trailer. I feel mm-hmm. like they did a good job of the voice, yeah. where it's not cartoonish. Like, there's actually gravitas. And of course, that is so important that you take yeah. him seriously, because the whole point is that he is a foil for Deadpool. Yeah. Is yeah. that he is the straight man. He is the one who's like, hey, this is serious. Pay attention. Yeah, Deadpool's like, like, what? You're a fucking joke. Like, right. time travel? What's going on here? Right. Well, time and, travel and, from an alternate dimension that probably doesn't happen anymore, even. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is, they Brolin brings him across like a pissed off marine. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's like, exactly man. yeah, and, and that look, <laughs> that look works for that. He for takes that. everything seriously. Deadpool takes nothing seriously. Yeah, and, and, and it just which, works when they're yeah. together. And it's it's match it's... made in heaven. <laughs> well, that was one of the biggest bro things in comics is Deadpool and Cable. They even yeah. made a whole line of comics that was, like was Deadpool issues. and Cable, right? Or Cable <laughs> and Deadpool, depending yeah. on how they decided to. Preserved, right. which I have, by the like, way, and it's great. Yeah, I love the part where you know all the guns come out, and you know <laughs> his uh, his roommate has her gun, and he's like, "Okay, move it over that way." <laughs> yeah, blind out. Yeah, she's pointing it just at a wall. It's like, no, no, it's it's over here. He so did the whole like Toy Story thing where he dressed himself up as Woody and the, yeah. the whole, like action figures and all that. It's yeah, really uh, I'm looking forward to that. I really liked Deadpool. Um, yeah. Although on rewatching. It has some real pacing issues. Yeah. Uh, it's still fun, but yeah. it doesn't bear repeated viewings like I kind of hoped it would. Well, the thing about watching Deadpool is you're not watching it for the story. Yeah. <laughs> you're not watching it for the pacing. You're watching it for Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I think that's the thing is that um, my initial response... Well, my initial response was, oh, man, I can't wait for Deadpool 2. Deadpool is great. Uh, but then after my second thought was like, okay, well, these things are rarely as good as the original. But then I thought about it. Like, <coughs> well, this could be 
as good or better because they got all of the exposition out of the way, and now it's just sheer Deadpool insanity for an entire movie. Yes, that so, would be nice. Not I'm actually to do a excited stupid, about a that. stupid damn origin story. Yeah, which I think they did fairly well. Yeah, because yeah, they, they took a good. lot of tropey stuff and they they lampshaded the tropiness and they twisted a few things around. Yeah. So they for for being a fairly by the numbers. Uh, quote unquote superhero movie in some senses it was also mm-hmm. very uh, groundbreaking with the way they did things making me hungry uh, <laughs> <laughs> alright so should we address the Wookiee not in the room talk about Solo <laughs> why not okay um, I've been seeing a lot about about the movie just to begin with I enjoyed the trailers yeah I thought it was pretty I thought I, it was pretty great I, I've worked out a, a solution to the to the Glover problem I'm just going to call him Childish Gambino. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> now, see, that's still a problem because most of the people in the room are going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, for those, who, for those who care, all six you know, listeners we have, um, originally the comparison was, you know, was that Danny Glover was a great choice. Well, it took all of us in the room about two minutes to remember, no, that's Donald Glover. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a it's a stupidly easy uh, mistake to make. Um, Just remember, Danny Glover is too old yeah. for this shit. Donald, <laughs> Donald Glover is not too old for this shit. And, um, they, <laughs> and, and it, the question that come that he apparently gets asked all the time is, are the two of them related? The answer is no. Right. Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I think anytime people have the same name in Hollywood, they're like, "What?" But you're both black. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, there is a lot of family legacy stuff in yeah. Hollywood. So, well, I mean, the the, the more, most interesting family legacy I'm aware of is that uh, Nicholas Cage is Francis Ford Coppola's son. Oh yeah, that's just. I felt like it was made up, and I had to fact check it. And I checked, and I'm like, it's weirder that this is true. <laughs> Well, nothing about Nick Cage is not it is not weird. Well, that's fair. This is true, which is why he made such a good, uh, good uh, character in the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. Um, so anyhow. So yes. Yeah, um, a Star Wars story. Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, I mean, it's the thing is the thing I love about it is that it does not look like it's it's going to concentrate solely on. I was an Imperial, you know, and and it got kicked out of the Academy. That's like. That's like the that seems to me and that appears they, to be in the first ten minutes of the movie exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> well, it and, makes sense because they don't have the room, the time to tell focus on something that specific when they're doing essentially an ensemble piece with solo. They're doing a heist movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're doing a heist movie. Well, yeah, I mean you've yeah. got Harrelson going. Well, I'm putting a team together. Which, yeah. by the way, if I mean, come on. Anytime that's a great says I'm putting a team yeah. together, that's a great drinking game. By the way, like if you want to just. You know, do a mashup of all those trailers and stuff like you know. I mean, you've got the whole Nick Fury thing with Avengers. Like that's that's such a tropey thing for <laughs> movie trailers. Like, I'm putting a team together. We're putting a team together. Yeah, you know? it's just like all right. That's, that's right up there with if you're going to do something, do it now. <laughs> so many tropes. Yep. I will say this: um, the sequences involving like starfighters. Dogfights, chases, etc. looks awesome. Just the mm-hmm. sheer action looks awesome. Oh yeah! It looks like the choreography and the special effects and stuff are going to be on point with that. Well, so just from an action perspective, I'm excited. The the team over at what is the uh, at Star Wars? I don't know if they're still calling themselves Lucasfilm. I think they probably technically are. they are. Yeah. Um, it's just you know, now mouse ears on it now. Yeah. Um, they have really the, their their space battles. 
have been so on point. Yeah, Last Jedi was freaking amazing. Last Jedi had, ch- like, I was in tears because it was such a good fight, a space battle scene at the very goddamn beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, um, and in uh, Rogue One, really oh, yeah. good space combat, too. And, 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 uh, and low to high, um, what you call it? Um, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Combat, which was just cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they mix, and that's in uh, you know in Last Jedi as well with the you know with the speeders and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And the well, they're and, gonna and they're gonna. I really do think that they're just gonna do very very well with things. I'm things I'm yeah. really excited about. You know that we I'm, that we get to see. I mean, first off, we get to see the Falcon new. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so the thing has been going around the around Facebook with a picture of. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, um, not Sabak, um... Pazak? Uh, no. <laughs> the, uh... The table? The, the, the Dejeric room. Mm. I think it's Dejeric. Um, the hollow chest thing? Yeah, the hollow chest. Killing each other? Yeah. We'll just call it hollow battle chest. Um, well, no, it's, it's, it's gonna bother me until... Because <laughs> that's what it is. Right. Yeah, and we'll get to see the halls when they're actually white. Yeah. I will say this, though. Um, prepare to be underwhelmed, because everything that makes the Millennium Falcon unique is its age and character and all yeah. the special modifications that are put into it. Now, it could still be cool, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like a lot of people are like, oh, well, if it's newer, then it must be better. It's like, mm, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. But the the other part of it is, though, is, you know, they the things that we still see... There's this one, it's like one second when somebody... It is, in fact, Dejeric. My nerd cred works. Huzzah. 100 <laughs> internet points are awarded. <laughs> 100 uh, Star Wars turbo nerd points. Are, turbo nerd. 100 credits. We'll say credits. <laughs> I really do have turbo a lot credits. of knowledge that is semi... I don't have... I have I have knowledge <laughs> of background stuff in the, in the non-EU. Uh, but Again, it's, so, it's a shame Wookiee's not here for this because he is the ultimate Star Wars trivia nerd. Yeah, he knows well, everything. Just, yeah, well, we get to see someone pull the cover off of one of the turbo cannons. Yeah, like quad, that's pretty dope. Quad cannons, so y- you know they've got at least one of those. Yep. Um, she's still the Millennium Falcon. Yep. I mean, even even as a stock freighter. Yeah. You know, she's she was a bet. But I but bad. I do like the the thing I was trying to say. They have the shot of the Jarek room in. Uh, that that's shot in the trailer, uh, all nice and white and shiny, and then from the New Hope where like everything like where there's shit falling off the walls. Yeah. And right underneath that is uh is uh La- is Lando on Bespin saying, "What have you done to my ship?" <laughs> the other thing that I, I that I that uh, I'm isn't, isn't, that the, isn't that the line that Han returns to him in Return of the Jedi? Yes. After the Death Star, the second Death Star run, he he uh, he bumps into that thing, and he's like, "What have you done to my ship?" Yeah, because he loses the he loses the uh, the, the dish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and um, see, that's a decision. I'm glad they didn't make in Return of the Jedi because they were going to kill Lando off. Uh, the what? Falcon wasn't going really? to make it out of the, yeah. The, the Falcon really? wasn't going to make it out of the. Uh, that seems, that seems uh, unnecessary. Seems well, like an artificial raising of stakes. Well, and and that's that's why they didn't do it. Yeah. But that's why Han had that funny feeling like he wasn't going to see her again. Mm. Also, was, it would have been kind of weird if the uh, at that time basically the only black person in the galaxy was unceremoniously killed off. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, so far there's only like what two. The black two people? of them, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like a random one of them is like a random unnamed rebel pilot. Yeah. Uh, like, well, that's three now because Finn. 
Well, no, I just meant original trilogy. Oh, yeah. Now, now they're doing a lot better with, like, people yeah. that aren't, you know, aren't white. old white men that are British. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just British, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then... Um, <coughs> but they the Falcon has become has become a such an iconic part of you know of Star right. Wars you know I mean in in, in uh, the Force Awakens yeah. you know oh, yeah. you know the scrap even is you know and then it's like you know it's the Falcon you know how I are mean, we doing on time by the way uh, we've been time for about thirty minutes but I'm not sure how long we'll be able to tr- uh, stretch but, the romance options oh I've so. got a lot of material here okay uh, well we should so, probably we should probably move on then so some quick some quick hits then anything else you want to do great casting except I'm not sure about the guy they got for Solo agreed yeah. like the thing that bothers me about Han about young Han Solo is his voice he yeah. sounds like like I. I don't. He doesn't need to sound like Harrison Ford, right? And we but don't he want needs to, to be a baritone. Yeah, he's a tenor. Well, yeah, it does seem a bit off. But the other thing I'm liking is the droid. There's a part where, where and it's the first female identifying, the second female identifying droid because Eve ninety nine in some of the. Uh, well, I thought most of them were just a like gender yeah, neutral anyway. I know, but most of them are most of them are male or gender neutral. L three L three. L three three seven. Really, that's the call sign. Is Leet? No. L, yeah, Leet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's speak. Well, uh, I don't think that was a thing when. Yeah. Which one was L three three seven? L three three seven is the, the droid. droid? Uh, the one in 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 the in, in the in when when Lando does goes up and she mimics the move. Hmm. Um. I saw just a brief. You glimpse. know, they do the. Okay. Um, okay, so this, this is the new one, is L33. Okay, yes, yeah. okay, then never mind, Elite's definitely a thing. That's stupid. Okay. Um, but yes. yeah, but it basically, and the, the thing about this droid is she is independent. Uh, she, is her, she is not owned by anybody. We've only seen that in canon in IG-88. Right. Um, we've seen... And that turned out great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that turned out, out wonderful. Uh, Especially when you get into the legend stuff for him. Right. Yeah, now, when you get into the legend stuff, yeah. there's an entire. You yeah, know, it gets an, nuts. Yeah, we'll there's an entire droid. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, um, but then you've got uh, in the original Han Solo trilogy, uh, Bollocks and Blue Max were independent droids. Um, Bollocks was heavily modified in order to keep from obsolescence. Um, so yeah, this is going to be interesting to see an independent droid in a movie, hmm. uh, especially one that you know comes across as a female. Yeah, um, which is new, kind of you know un- unexplored territory for Star Wars. But we get to see Lando. We get to see the Falcon with an entire crew. Yeah, copious amount of Chewbacca. Chewbacca. There is mm-hmm. there are no small amounts of Chewbacca. I'm sorry. This is true. Well, screen time, but you get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're pretty much out of time for this week in Geek. Um, should move on to the spoiler of the week. Uh, there, were, I'm sure there was other news that was worth mentioning, but we didn't mention it. Yeah, like altered carbon. You, we mentioned that last week. Well, I, can, I can do some quick hits here since again it's like two week intervals basically. Yeah. I'll make sure we don't lose anything in the shuffle. Um, for people, Heroes of the Storm players, we have the new uh, Maiev hero, Warden, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool, and the whole Lunar Festival event's going on. Overwatch players, again, in the Blizzard Realm uh, Lunar Festival event, that's through March 5th. On and League of Legends, the Lunar Rebel. 
It, everyone does it because it's China's a yeah, giant, say, a people giant are like, damn market. American, Canadian, etc. players are like, so what's with all this lunar stuff? Because China. It's Chinese New Year. Because mm-hmm. China equals money, and Chinese New Year is a big thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is fine, because everyone else gets all the free cool And you get stuff. the cool, typically yeah. semi-oriental um, skins. Yeah, and mounts right. and whatever. Uh, what else? We have uh, Disney streaming service is going to be coming out some point in 2019, and more Star Wars stuff. There's going to be at least two Star Wars... Uh, TV series that are in development for that. Comcast um, made a made a bid uh, to try and outbid Disney for ownership of Fox, which is interesting. That that's not, that the Disney acquisition of Fox thing is not set in stone yet. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people make a lot of assumptions, but that's still kind of being kicked around. It's negotiate. It's currently still under negotiation. Right. Uh, aggressive negotiations sticking to our Star Wars theme. Uh, <laughs> of, oh, this was really interesting. And then, uh, again, it seems like a lot of Star Wars related news this time, but Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are going to be writing a new Star Wars film series. So that's interesting. Huh. They're really good at world building, so I think that bodes well. Yeah. Uh, Call of Duty is probably going to be Black Ops 4 this year, and there's rumors of it appearing on the Nintendo Switch. Um, Whoa. Yay. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've checked out of that franchise a while ago. Uh, but you never know. Sometimes it resurges and actually has a good I game. something I heard about that was um, getting... I, and uh, Elder Scrolls Online just released uh, here a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Morrowind. Ah, oh, nice. Um, um, nice. Uh, in other gaming news... Um, the official pre-order bonus for um, for Far Cry 5 is a remastered version of Far Cry 3. Oh, that's interesting. Like, the entire game. Hey, a pre-order bonus that's actually <coughs> valuable. Props. Um, which will probably also be sold as a full-price game. Oh, so. no doubt, because, yeah. Or at least, well, probably actually not a full-price, but probably well, like yeah. a $30, $40 game. Kind of like, again, to bring it back to Call of Duty, where they did the whole, like, Modern Warfare remastered thing. Yeah. And then um, they eventually did it separately, you know. Speaking of gaming price news, um, Extra Credits and Jim Sterling are in a little bit of a, of a video award over uh, over the, pro- the cost of video games. They both pre- present very good and interesting... Uh, point and counterpoint to each other, and I think is worth checking out. Uh, Extra credits probably will not talk about it again this week because they're usually one, maybe two episodes and done on a subject. Right. Um, but that's a thing. Um, there are video game stuff. Shadow of War, Blade of Galadriel expansion just released recently. There's a trailer for it if people are interested, and you get to play as uh, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Alteriel, uh, which is an elven assassin who's voiced by Critical Role's Laura Bailey. Uh, and, you know, fill in the blanks, Laura Bailey, because she voices a lot of stuff yeah. in video games. Being voiced by Laura Bailey, prolific voice actress. Yep. She also happens to be in Critical Role. Um, <laughs> there's For people that actually play World of Warcraft, I haven't played it in years, <clears throat> um, some big gameplay changes on that is a new leveling system and this allied races system. They're having a um, new expansion come out relatively soon, so there's some shakeups there. Whoa. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailer. I have no interest in that whatsoever, but it's a good spectacle film, I guess. I thought Jurassic World was alright, but there's like no chemistry between the two leads, I feel. Like Chris (laughs) Pratt and what's-her-name. 
Dallas Bryce Howard and, <laughs> and what's her name? Yeah, that's it. that sums it up right there. There's, I mean, there's yeah, Chris there's, Pratt and what's her name? Well, there's just no chemistry between them whatsoever, in my opinion. But yeah. I digress. Uh, well, so, I mean, after he's after he started, you know, with Zoe Saldana. Yeah, it's kind of hard. How do you, how do you, how do you, you know, develop chemistry with? He has more chemistry with a green alien. So (laughs) there you go. Uh, (laughs) uh, Shadow of the Colossus special edition is available on PS4 now. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox now available for viewing on Netflix. Yeah, I've heard that was a disappointment. And yeah, that's about it. That's a quick hit. Altered Carbon's out, but yeah. Go watch it yeah, in your titties. Ultra, yeah, man. <laughs> there are titties everywhere in that movie. In that, in that's, that, that seems to be all you care about. Um, it's just well, easy. Well, no, I mean, there there is nudity all over the in, in, uh, in other... Hey, talk about a segue, yeah. titties. <laughs> in <laughs> other <laughs> podcast news, since this is going live the week before, Ben and I are going to be at VisionCon on the, mer- uh, on, the uh, on the vendor floor uh, with uh, are we just going to be at the Mojo booth? or uh, well, we, No, not the Mojo booth. Okay. Uh, we are going to be with authors Ed Gellert uh, and um, Levi... He, he uh, and writes, Le- under, uh, writes under a different name. Le- Levi uh, with the hair? Hmm? Levi with the hair, your, your guy, or different Levi? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, cool. I got to meet him. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, and, Levi and classic. Uh, <laughs> Levi relaxed fit. <laughs> oh, I just uh, suddenly at the moment his his author name. Uh, Levi Dungarees. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna just, keep saying Levi things until you figure it out. <laughs> uh, You're never gonna get it. Though. Zachary <laughs> Levi. <laughs> Five hundred one. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways. Um, and uh, George Canfield, uh, who was one of the Mojo brothers. Yeah, that was why I was thinking it was going to be at the Mojo booth. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to be right next to the uh, to the vendor uh, vendor coordinator's table. You'll just, as you're coming down the stairs, you will see us. We are hard to miss. Mm-hmm. I have hair. He doesn't. Although Levi has better hair than me, so right. <laughs> um, ben will be selling his books. I'll be selling my certificates, indicating that you officially won the game. All of you just lost the game. Oh crap! All right. Wah ha so. If you want to never fall victim to that again. Come buy a certificate that costs three bucks. All right. Um, VisionCon, do it, see it. VisionCon will be a lot of fun. Come, come have vision of us at VisionCon. Uh, February twenty third to the twenty fifth. Yeah, I'll be doing a panel. I don't know whether Ben will be joining me or will be joining me or not. He's welcome to. He's on my list. Uh, <laughs> just talking about how to how to get your own podcast started if you like. On my um, list. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Uh, spoiler of the week. Uh, Severus Snape was in love with Lily Potter. Bum, bum, bum. And there right, are a lot so. of things that, that I could get into as far as that goes, but um, let's not crawl that down yeah. that particular that is That is potentially an entire episode. Right. Harry potter so. stuff. All right, so segue so. into today's, I mean... Uh, <laughs> Knowledge! I mean, mature, mature romantic things. Yeah. Yes. Um. <laughs> titties. titties. By the way, that's actually a good way to kick this off is... Um, a lot of people, uh, particularly people that don't uh, play video games themselves or take them seriously or think that they can be art, they're are like, all for they're all for pubescent boys. Yeah, it's because all, just, all the girls have big tits. It's all silly stuff like the guy game or BMX triple X, just like nudity for the sake of nudity and blah blah blah. And it's like no, well, it's, that is a small subset. That's a, that's of, a sliver. But you know what? Yeah. There's also this industry called porn. 
This is true. And also or, just general movies and yeah. television and like any kind of media and or you know medium entertainment yeah. is always going to have some juvenile stuff in it because that's human nature. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like uh, I mean maybe earlier in games development when they're more squarely aimed at young boys that was more true yeah. but now well there's the whole yeah you really want to dispel the concept that video games are only for children right, right. um but the what i was meaning to get at by the there's this whole industry called porn no one says that the adult and entertainment industry the porn industry detracts from hollywood right right that's a good point um whereas people will say that adult only or adult oriented games do somehow detract from the entire video game industry. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Actually, it's interesting, and of course, this also this is this segues into the uh, the broader point I was going to make, which is there's a difference between the word or term adult and the word or term mature. Yes, things yeah. can be very adult without being mature, and things can be very mature without being adult necessarily. Right. You can have mature things without random tits flopping around. What are the right. most you can mature... have adult things that are very juvenile? Yeah, one <laughs> of the most mature television shows that's out right now is an animated TV show called Steven Universe. Yeah, well, uh, and, <laughs> and, and the, the thing I think that where we get with a lot of this actually has to a lot to do with the evolution of kingdom. Yeah, because right. those pubescent boys and the girls that grew up alongside them mm-hmm. are now making kingdom mm-hmm. right, and the average age of gamers are in their thirties. Exactly. Yep. And and we and you know we're also finding that yeah you know suddenly the gaming industry and and sci-fi is understanding. Oh, women read too. Women enjoy games also, too. Also, a lot, a lot more women now, as games have matured, are both playing them and seeing them and even developing them. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of Creating. that, just as a natural yeah. byproduct, a lot of the juvenile male-centric stuff has decreased. You know, mm-hmm. or at least you know it's, um, you know, it's more of a niche thing. Yeah. Right? It's still there, but or it's not. The, as yeah, and then, and then you get. I mean, then you get also like. The Witcher games, okay, you know, there's nudity left, right, and sideways. That's actually a great example. There's a lot of sex in them, especially the first one, too. Yeah. See, this is a perfect, the Witcher series is a perfect microcosm of this issue, because the first Witcher game came out, and it was very much, um, it wasn't anything, they didn't mean anything by it, but some people weren't a big fan of the way that uh, romance and sex was in the game, because it was like, hey, let's try to bet all the women, and it was like a mini-game yeah. type thing. Well, it wasn't, not, there, not only that, but... Every time you sexed a new a new lady, yeah. you got a trading card. Right. Yeah. Well, not trading card. You got a collectible card with yeah. art yeah. of the lady being sexy. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. I mean, it's it's basically like naked women playing cards at that point. So yeah. Yeah. Now, they have actually completely 180 that and mm-hmm. made like like fully developed interesting characters mm-hmm. in like complicated mm-hmm. relationships it's not just like well, hey how many women can you sex well yeah and, 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 <laughs> well, in, and in the original witcher books yeah. um you know the relationships were very complex yeah and, and not you know not black and white set in stone but there was also casual sex because witchers can't pro- can't create progeny right so why um, not have all the sex? Yeah, I mean, part well, of that, that is just realistic. Like, well, that and and you know. they're out of Poland. You know, European European views on sex aren't as um, well. Americans tend to be very puritanical, and so or at least aspects. they're not presented yeah. in this puritanic way. Because I feel like there's yeah. often a, there's a big discrepancy between how it's portrayed in culture and how it actually is in practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like there's the whole you know 
sexual revolution of the 60s and all yeah. that stuff. Well, America is very British in its, Purita- in its Puritanism towards sex. Right. Uh, whereas a, a, a lot more, if you go into like more Eastern Europe, like uh, Central and Eastern Europe, right. sex culture is a little, is a lot more... What is work? Um, <laughs> how, uh, how you uh, say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like yeah, matter of sex. Fact. Matter yeah. of fact. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like yeah, it's 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 sex. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yes, we, we have sex. Isn't sex fun? I feel like part of that too is like a lot of the countries that were under the thumb of the Soviet Union didn't have time to give a fuck, yeah, and right? so it's just like, all right, well, before you die, yeah. like yeah. just live your life and not don't give a shit. Yeah, know? it's exactly. like some of that is through the yeah. all the suffering. It's like, yeah, it's like life sucks. <laughs> you know, life life is full of suckage. You know, enjoy it while you can. <laughs> So yeah. Anyway, Enjoy good um, things. that that's that's an interesting thing yeah. that I'm sure we'll go back to that well and you know when commenting on yeah. particular games and such. This is this stuff. is probably this is probably a topic talking about. Oh yeah, just that in romance itself. itself. Like the geek romance. At, like initially, I thought we were going <coughs> to try to focus on like romance subplots of video games, but we're that the thing is we have such <laughs> oh. a goddamn huge. Yeah, it's a white net. Yeah, yeah we it could. Is a white net. I mean, so I think right now we should probably talk about about the macrocosm, right. and in future episodes we can focus on the microcosm. Right. right. Well, see, um, one of the thing, one of the funny things, um, going back to the evolution. I'm moving on my couch. All right. <laughs> um, uh, get off that uncomfortable chair. Um, so yeah. one of the things that you know that reflects to me the evolution of of uh, you know of geek romance and and Greek and, and, and sex and things like that um, in the in old Dragon magazine, mm-hmm. in, you know, way back in the day. Yep. Uh, talented artist by the name of Phil Foglio, guy who writes Girl Genius. Ah, Foglio. Yeah, great guy. That's just yeah. fun to say, Foglio. Yeah, Phil it Foglio. It's really fun to say, Phil Foglio. Um, <laughs> he used to do... Oh, I mean, it sounds like a Foglio. comic book uh, here because the whole alliteration thing, or character at least. Yeah. Well, he's an artist. Yeah, he's uh, a comic oh, artist. Oh, I know, um, and, and he used to do uh, What's New with Phil and Trixie. Yep. And the running theme, every it was it was brought up every time, was the, you know, was the oft-promised but never produced... Uh, uh, um, episode or you know or uh, edition of sex in you know sex and gaming because everybody wanted to see Dixie you know Dixie naked uh, <laughs> and um, or tr- and want to see Trixie naked and uh, you know that was that that was one of those things it addressed the elephant in the room um, but it didn't. Yeah. Because they never did. Right. You know, it was one of those things of, um, you know, one of those wink, wink, nudge, nudge things. Um, but, you know, even in gaming, I mean, characters have had to deal with, um, you know, well, you know, does your character get pregnant or does your character get someone pregnant? Um, and what's interesting is, is how, you know, in gaming, um, you know, where you would think it didn't happen I've seen more games with romance subplots for characters mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and I'm just going you realize it's all guys at this table <laughs> you know well if you want to if you want to really take it back um, Miss Pac-Man 
Yeah, like back. that is kind of more. I feel like that's a big origin. That's a clear origin. I mean, I, I'm sure there's been things like you know, if you want to take it outside the realm of video games and stuff, there have been yeah. you know, romance gaming things that have been things before. But that was like one of the big, like I feel flashpoints where it was like, you know, um, hey, a game that's kind of pandering to women in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually had cutscenes of the romance between. This is actually technically the first romantic video game cutscene, if I believe, if I recall correctly, is Pac Man yeah. and Miss Pac Man chasing each other around and winding up together ultimately. Right. I, I do wonder though, because it's Ms. Pac Man, do they ever get married? Or is she a strong independent uh, video game? They don't need no Pac Man. Yeah, they don't need no Pac Man. Don't need no Pac Man. Yes. One of the one of the games that they do at some point has them like get together and have a family. So I think Miss Pac Man canonically becomes Mrs. Pac Man at some point. There is a Pac Man Junior as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so you go and you have the whole Pac family. I think instead of the bow, the Pac Man Junior has like a little propeller and a beanie. Thing yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. 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 And but there you go. I mean, it goes back decades. Yeah, it really does. Because I can and think of an older... I can think of a game that I think it might be older than Miss Pac-Man. I'll double check. That definitely um, goes back to your whole... There's a difference between uh, between adult and... And mature. Uh, and yeah. mature. Give me a second here. Oh, you're not you're not looking up the Atari Custer game. I am, in fact, looking up the Atari Custer game. Oh, boy. Uh, All right, let's just get this over with like a Band-Aid. There's a game where essentially the game is you raping a woman tied up to a post. Custer's Revenge. Um, Yeah. You're right, Miss Pac-Man came out first. Um, Thank God. uh, Custer's Revenge was a uh, game where you played as... um, A naked, erect... uh, Custer. Custer. Going and raping a Native American woman tied to a cactus while arrows rained down on you. Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's just the worst. It was very, very the worst. I, I, part of me, just as the words come out, I'm marveling that this is a true thing that actually happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it wasn't the only porn game that was made for the, for the Atari 2600 either. Well, porn game is one thing, but we're talking about actual rape here. Yeah. Like, non-consensual. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. not... It's not a... I mean, I'm making jokes because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's and I feel like, like it's the only way you can deal with it. Well, no, you know? no one knows how to really deal with, with, the, with the topic. Yeah. Other than to look at back to it and say, well, that's definitely a thing that happened that we should never let happen ever again, ever. Right. Yeah. And I feel like, again, like the reason it's addressed is because you don't deal with it by not dealing with it. Yeah. You so don't when mention did, it. Uh, you when, did, when did Ms. Pac-Man come out? 81. Okay, so she had six years on uh, Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, yeah, Leisure Suit Larry, gosh. Who <laughs> was another incredibly rapey character. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, um, and the thing is, is that Leisure Suit Larry uh, was, is, was published by Sierra Games from 1987 to 2009. <laughs> yeah? There was a pretty big gap, but still. Well, no, no. It should be pointed out that Leisure Suit Larry has always been... A pastiche as well, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's always it's, been a joke. Yeah, it's like he is the punchline. Like the the whole thing is they don't glorify any of his antics. It's like, hey, this is a pathetic person who should not be respected or taken seriously ever, right. and often gets his comeuppance by getting hit and slapped and drinks in his face and catching STDs and all this other terrible things. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Of course, uh, 
Okay, so Leisure Suit Larry, though, had its uh, origins in Soft Porn Adventure, a 1981 text adventure. <laughs> Again, I'm noticing a trend here. Before high, before high-speed internet or internet in general, there were a lot more porny games. Imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like these two things are related. Yeah, and and yeah, it's the and the the thing is, is though, is the parody that it makes of the male character. Right. Yeah. Because he's a balding, innuendo spouting uh, guy in his forties. Yeah, with with a definite paunch and short. Right. Yeah. Like. It's like every it's like every possible way he could be compensating he is. Yeah. yeah. It's like because he needs old to. short bald and I'm pretty sure they make tiny dick jokes like copiously in that yep. game as well. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, why not? Um, but yeah, um, so it really runs the gamut. I mean, you have all of the silly stuff and like mm-hmm. the immature stuff and then you have like especially this is another trend is the more recent the longer the, mm-hmm. the the medium of video games have been a thing, the more complex, the more sophisticated, the more like dynamic all this stuff has become. Like a good example is um, Nathan Drake and Elena Fisher in the Uncharted series. Yeah. That's a full fledged believable relationship yeah. with interesting, complicated characters that you mm-hmm. see from bef- before they even know each other to like actually being in love and like concerned about each other dying and stuff. Yeah, right. It's it, it's worth pointing out that, that a lot of the well done um, romance in games is not romance options for player characters. Right. Romance options for player characters always it always seem to boil down to selecting the romance option at the right time. Right. And having a high enough speech skill. Yeah, it's like numbers. Maybe having done a requisite quest. Numbers. I'm and... looking at you, Fallout 4. I love <laughs> Fallout 4. But the fact that once you get there, that once you do enough things that the person likes, which can be easily spammed, yeah. and do a personal quest for the person, and then collect select the romance option, right now they are in love with you! Hooray! Well, it's like uh, it's like giving them gifts in like Dragon Age and Star Wars: The Old Republic. You can spam a lot of that stuff, and yeah. it's just like, although in a weird way, you know. It, it mirrors life in that some <laughs> some people are superficial and some people are gold diggers and yeah. <laughs> but I feel I feel that the romance <clears throat> option in video games, no good, for the most part. Um, well, I mean, as much was... as people dog on Bioware, um, except for the final romance option, which you have to unlock by being a genuine person, right. To the to your crew, there isn't the romance. You there is not the flirt um, option. There's not the. It's uh, until you get to the point where it's a okay. You have done all of the things. You actually have done all the things right without any hand holding. So now here's your romance option. Right. Well, the interesting thing about that too is like the perception of how. Um, these like options and relationships and stuff are mm-hmm. done versus the reality of it. Yeah. Because a lot of media, the media like to sensationalize things, and you'll see things like, oh, hey, in this video game, you can sex all the people, and they have no context for it. But if you actually play the games, if you play Mass Effect, if you play Dragon Age, 
you, what you have to you there is actual romance in the literal sense of the term like you have to get to know each other you have to let your guard down and like yeah. reveal things about yourself to one another you actually have to have a real relationship but be, before you yeah. you know make out or have sex or whatever like yeah. there's actually a real uh interaction there it's not just like hey hit a button and yeah. give him this thing and then you we'll pork like yeah it doesn't work that way right we'll see and in fallout 4 by comparison mm -hmm. fallout 4 you actually have to do things that the other person agrees with basically be the kind of person that that person agrees with yeah sharing Once. values yeah sharing that values thing. yeah and yeah you have you have uh you know conversation options you know and you know in one case you literally i mean you literally save someone's life uh you know with uh, with kate uh, with kate's option you know you literally help her kick addiction yeah. yeah kick addiction although um, at the same time i i romanced kate by running around naked for a while <laughs> Seattle. Now she's addicted to love. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> kind of addiction. Anyways, um, but uh, whereas in uh, Skyrim, you know, uh, you know, all you have to do is wear the right right amulet, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and have the person be a companion. And thus, a million speech, mm, no. one hundred memes were born. No, no, you can. You like, can I see you're wearing an amulet of Tamora. Wanna get married? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. They don't even have to be companions. Huh. I don't know. I, I married my elder lioness uh, in that one. She was cool. I love yeah. that the, the implication is that in the post-apocalyptic world, people have higher standards. <laughs> you would think <laughs> well, they, they just want to populate the earth, for God's sake. Exactly. But, but exactly. Like, mm, I can do better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean you, can, uh, you can sleep with the singer uh, at, uh, at uh, the third rail mm -hmm. uh, by romancing her, which is really kind of interesting to me uh, because she's voiced by Linda Carter. Insert rail pun here. Well, she's uh, she's looking for... It, it's, it, she always struck me as a very melancholic character looking for a little bit of light in the, in, in the, in the darkness. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm not completely hating on Fallout 4, but the, the romance subplots for your, for your traveling companions mm -hmm. is very superficial. Well, it's a post-apocalyptic game. It's not, you know, it's not about hearts and flowers as far well, as that well, goes. I mean, realistically, like a lot of this, there's only like uh, so much focus that any game can deliver. So sometimes when those are in the mix and it's not the focus, they're going to seem mm -hmm. crappy by comparison. Yeah. Whereas the example I used with uh, Nathan and Elena. That relationship was actually a key part of the game's story. Like yep. the whole reason he, a lot of the things even unfolded is because of their uneasy like uh, alliance to like you know find the thing and get the scoop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, yep. Which, by the way, quick plug: if anyone hasn't played the Uncharted series, do it now because it's the best Indiana Jones movie game you will ever play. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. The new Tomb Raider games are really good. I haven't got a chance to play this yet, but... I've been playing through Rise of the Tomb Raider recently. I bought it on uh, Steam. By the way, that's another great example of evolution of, you know, portrayal of relationships and women and stuff. It's like, hey, giant blocky boobs to actual real person. Yeah. Yeah. You know? with, yeah just, not giant boobs. Just, you know, with... Uh, 20 years will do that. With, 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 <laughs> with a graphics engine that tries to individually animate each strand of hair. Yeah. That thing will yeah. eat your hardware alive if you try and set it on max settings. Comparing the screenshots is quite an interesting exercise, <laughs> the sophistication yeah. of graphics. 
Well, and you know, and the and the evolution of the uh, you know of Lara Croft as a character, mm-hmm. right? Which I personally think the uh, the Tomb Raider movies went a long ways towards. Well, yeah. it's it's essentially a complete uh, script flip where originally it was like, oh hey, here's a here's a sexy character that looks visually interesting with like the dual guns and stuff like that, and then they try to justify who that is. Whereas now it's the exact opposite, where it's like, okay, who is Lara Croft? What is she doing? What's her motivation? And then, based on that... By the way, give her a bow and arrow and dual guns. Yeah. And then, based on that, it's like, okay, now we do the visual to correspond to it. It's not justifying the visual anymore. Exactly. Which, based on technical constraints, was often the thing. Like, the earliest games out there were a simple mechanic, where it's like like a side-scrolling shooter or something like that. And then you had to build a story around that, like Missile Command or something like that. Yeah. So now it's a very different thing where you can treat it like, you know... Uh, like a movie or a book or something, and then have the visuals correspond to yeah. that. Well, and, and, that's, and that's great because, like, in, when it comes to games, because because we are getting to the point where it can be a massive storytelling element, like, games are um, are a much greater, better vehicle to, for storytelling now than they, than they ever have been because they have less uh, system limitation. Right. Yeah. And it used to be you could only, like, the most big, cool, in-depth story was you got you read it by reading the manual before playing the game. Right, exactly. Because you couldn't fit the story in. Like you got fully voiced characters and cutscenes that are straight out of movies. You've mm-hmm. got potential. I mean, anything internet-related, episodic content, uh, any platform imaginable, basically, instead of just a couple different consoles. Like there's so many things just technologically that have yep. advanced that helps. It's nice. Yeah, do that. Oh, speaking of. Uh, that context as far as like the media, the medium itself. Um, that's another interesting thing that I kind of thought about when preparing the episode. And that is just <clears throat> the nature of the medium itself where you can have uh, romance in movies and books and stuff, but you're just a passive viewer or reader. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're actually participating in it and making decisions and stuff, you tend to be a lot more emotionally invested. Right. So that's an interesting aspect of it. Yeah. Cause you know, now, Fallout 2, mm-hmm. you could marry somebody and then sell them. <laughs> well, Into slavery. Yes. That's lovely. Well, there was even a porn, uh, there was even, you could even become a porn star. Yep. <laughs> you had a very, had a, you, had a, had, you had to either be playing a female character or have a 10 on charisma, though. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, very. Um... <laughs> Fallout is Fallout Two is still my favorite Fallout game, but there are definitely some problems with it. Yeah. Well, some things don't age very well. Yeah. So there's that. I thing. just never got married, but for the very basic reason of your your spouse, your wife, or your husband sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they can't hit the broad side of a barn with a minigun. So you think you know what you're agreeing to, and you say the vows, and then it's like, wait a minute. There's a clause about an escort question here that lasts for the rest of my life. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think oh, the only reason you could sell your spouse into slavery was because that was the only other way you could get rid of them. <laughs> and yeah. too many people felt like, wait, I'm going to be saddled with. I didn't realize I was going that, that I was going to get married because it's a shotgun wedding. No pun intended. Um, you get caught sleeping with. The, either the son or the daughter of a farmer in Modoc. It's always a farmer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because the the because uh, when you get caught sleeping with the daughter or wife or both of the mob <laughs> boss uh, in uh, in New Reno. Yeah, well, then the mob <laughs> boss just tries to kill you. Yeah, that's that ends up in a gunfight. Of course, yeah. I tried to do. I always ended up blowing up blowing up most of New Reno, anyways. <laughs> I always loved becoming the prize fighter. That was Doctor Fist. Doctor Fist. It was always Dr. Fist. You got to pick your your boxer name, and there's like 50 of them. I hope he's not a proctologist. <laughs> and I was with Dr. Fist. Yeah, I, I usually pick Dr. Fist, too. So I think it was the best one. It's a but good yeah, name. You, yeah, and you could get a pair, a pair of loaded boxing gloves. Uh, I always use those, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in, in Fallout 3, your romance options were... In Fallout 3, you could romance the guy who wanted to blow up Megaton. Yep. If you're playing a female character. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. If you're playing a female character, you could romance him. He would send you letters. So that's like the ultimate, I can change him. Yeah, yeah right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you don't really want to blow up that city. I'll change you. Yeah. You're a fixer-upper. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is, it's one of the few options that does not involve a gunfight. That's interesting. Um... But yeah, see the person I would want I would have wanted to romance in that game uh, is Mora from. Uh, the, oh, is that the the science the this, the the tinkerer girl? Yeah, the one yeah, who she's has hilarious. You do, she's the one who has you do the uh, the, oh, the, the, the survival the, the, the infinitely long quest. It treats you yeah. like a guinea treats you as a guinea pig, and she's yeah adorable. Yeah, it's like. All oh, those poor mole raddies. <laughs> yeah, she I made them explode. Shit. What? I <laughs> yeah. didn't want them to explode. Here, you keep the stick and use it on them. <laughs> that basically sums out the Fallout franchise. I didn't want them to explode. All <laughs> right. That's like a tagline for that yeah. franchise. Didn't mean for it to explode. <laughs> that that that, uh, that pretty much yeah. Uh, so that about sums it up. Sums up the bloody mess perk. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, bloody mess. What a great trait. So but, uh, everyone dies as horribly as possible. But likewise, in the in the Fallout series, uh, you know, going back to the theme of romance and and things in games, you do have the either the uh, the Black Widow or the Lady Killer perk. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> With extra, you do extra damage against the opposite gender, mm-hmm. but you also get more. You also get more dialogue. You get special. And you dialogue get special options. options to yeah, special dialogue options. Or, persuade and stuff. Or persuade, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I think is hilarious. And in Fallout Three, you also got Child at Heart. Yeah. Ch- well, that was in Fallout oh, Two. In, those were in Fallout, Fallout, Fallout Three. three. Yeah. Works, yeah. But yeah, uh, but in Fallout two I think you could also you could take Lady Killer and uh, or you could take confirmed bachelor in New Vegas mm-hmm. um, which would uh, actually get you um, if, if you're playing a male character and you took confirmed bachelor then you would it would open up uh, dialogue with male characters mm-hmm. uh, which I think helped in uh, that outpost uh, the Ranger outpost near the uh, um, it's been such a long time. So I need to play it so we can talk about it in vision time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, when we when we talk about, but then we then we get into romance, you know, in films. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Star Wars was the 
I love you, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, one of the best I, exchanges of all time. It's, one of the, it's a fantastic exchange, and not just because it was ad-libbed by Harrison Ford. Yeah, they had to fight Lucas to get it in the movie, naturally. Yeah. But, yeah, I love it, that. It's that perfect for as, as Ford is so fond of saying, you can write this sh- shit, George, but you can't say it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is basically, his view on that was so vindicated when episode two came along, and they're rolling in the hills, and he's talking about sand, and... Yeah, I hate yeah. sand. That's that's so coarse and yeah. Really. That's, that's, yeah, there's yeah, there's well, a romance. The that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a romance that didn't work uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's a problem because it's a it's apparently the whole reason or most of the reason he became Darth Vader and it's not believable. Yeah, right. So I that's mean, pro- kind of that problem. There was there was better chemistry between Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor. Yes, as, oh, as, as, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it really, there really was. And for for being a, uh, for I mean, I don't know if he was necessarily a celibate, but at least he didn't form uh, emotional attachments. He was pretty well. It's probably just him being Ewan McGregor, but Obi Wan was pretty suave. He was. He really. I don't was. know how much of that is Obi Wan. How much is that Ewan McGregor? I'd say it's at least a sixty forty split. <coughs> it, it works well enough because that means that Ewan McGregor playing. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan is suave because he's Ewan McGregor, yeah. at the very least. Yeah. Well, of course, remember, Obi-Wan was originally Sir Alec Guinness. Yes. And, and who was the king of, who was the king of old school cool. Yeah. He was, he was the, yeah. He was Lawrence of Friggin' Arabia. I guess that's the natural progression. They're like, okay, we need a suave bastard to be Obi-Wan. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a suave British bastard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Specifically. It's like, yeah. you know, one, one look at, you know, at Moulin Rouge and they're going, yeah, okay, in spite of this, he'll do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... Ewan was the, the problem with Moulin Rouge was none of was not any of the acting. No, no, no. It was well, most a lot of everything else, but um, but the, yeah, the, I actually really enjoy Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I, I did too, except for that whole tragic ending. But um, well, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, the the thing is, is yeah, there was more there was more chemistry between Ian McGregor and uh, you know and Ellie Portman. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's an interesting thing to kind of tie that into video games and romance options is you can you can have several different potential romance options and you as a player can be like, I don't really see these two together and ignore yeah. that. And then be like, hey, I like the vibe they could have. And then she, that's interesting to me yeah. because a lot of, I mean, when you look at like movies and stuff, it's just like, this is it. This yeah. is what happens. And a lot of people be like, mm, I don't see that. That. I don't find that realistic, but you can actually right. choose in the games and find a pairing that you think is realistic. Yeah, right. Well, see, that's like in uh, in Fallout, as a for instance. Mm-hmm. There are two pairings that that to me are the OTP. Um, Translate the, uh, one true pair. one true pair. Okay. Uh, that are you so know, it's a shipping term. Yeah, yeah, I'm not um, familiar with it, obviously. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of well. I'll talk off uh, off camera, as it were. Um, but anyways, um, the uh, one for me is Piper, um, you know, the main character, if you're playing a male. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is Curie. Curie's great. Curie is, is, is just such a lovable character. She's fantastic. Um, you know, because she's so optimistic and so, you know, just so sweet, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things of, yeah, you know, I like this character. Kate, I don't, I don't dig so much, mm-hmm. you know. I, Kate is the one I'm going. I want you at my back. You know, you're you're the one I'm. You're oh the person, my! You know, well, you're, you're you're my you're my drinking buddy. You're my fight buddy. Kate would be a good lay, but wouldn't but she wouldn't be a good partner, is my opinion. Uh, no, if you want to talk is, about sex, well, that's the thing, and I think that's the thing is, is mm-hmm. 
even there, you know, I just, I can't see, I don't, I guess the way this is the episode's going to get me in more trouble than any other episode. Yeah, I, I don't see sex with Kate because of that whole thing of, and this is, I think, something that kind of is tangential to romance, is that we rarely see guy-girl friendships on the same level as as some guy-guy friendships. That's true. And that's and a, I, I yeah, think, that's a definite problem. Um, I think that's an interesting thing too. Is I like that's the other thing I like about having the options is that you can have uh, you can have those relationships where like mm-hmm. they're intimate, close relationships, but they're not sleeping with each other. Right. And exactly. by doing that, uh, by having those the variety of the characters and the, the options <laughs> you have with the romance and stuff, you can you can have more positive betrayals of that because I feel like in reality, IRL to do another abbreviated <laughs> term here, <laughs> yeah. um, often. People are like, oh, well, if a guy has a close girlfriend, he's trying to sleep with her. I am the poster boy for that is not the case. And it's just like... Well, and then you get get with, uh, like, uh, in talking about in in films, for instance, um, Harry Potter and Hermione Granger. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You know, two of the closest friends ever. Very platonic relationship. Very platonic relationship. And you have no doubt that that either of them would die for the other. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, there was another one. This is a film that I was just watching the other night. Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, yeah, that's a great movie. Samuel uh, L. Jackson and Gina Davis. Can't say I've seen it, so. Um, G- I'll Gina take your Davis word for it. Plays, a, plays an amnesiac spy uh, who, <laughs> you know, who eight years later. Um, you know, find, suddenly finds out who she really is, and Samuel L. Jackson plays Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> well, no, actually, no, actually, is... back then it was pre-meta Samuel for the most part. Well, no, that, and it was like ninety-eight, is, I think. Uh, yeah, or 97, 98, yeah. Came out about twenty years ago. Um, and the thing is, is that in it, he's not playing just Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, he they took some things with it. You know, um, I think it was evolution of Samuel L. Jackson, but yeah. he actually plays a distinct character. Right. It's a duck, not a dick. <laughs> Anyways, but they end up being having a very platonic, right? Uh, you know, um, you know, would, would die for each other relationship. That's um, and for that matter, um, thinking of, of things, that is why Donna Noble is my favorite of the new yes. who, uh, traveling companions. Yes, Donna Noble and um, Bill in, in, currently, because Bill in the uh, in the most recent series. I haven't watched the most recent series yet, but don't well, worry about spoilers. Yeah, well, she, you know, she's not into men, mm-hmm. so you know, just not into the doctor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Donna Noble. Donna Noble has always been my favorite companion. Once, be, one partially because Catherine Tate is a fantastic actress and very comedic and awesome, yeah. but also the yeah, it was established firmly from the <coughs> beginning. We don't want... Th- I don't want a romance subplot here. Yeah. I just want someone to travel around with me and have a good time. Yeah, and, and the way David, Ten- and David Tennant and, 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 and uh, Catherine Tate... Mm-hmm. Amazing chemistry. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, you know they, they play well off each other because, mm-hmm. you know... Because Catherine Tate can... can Improv off of David Tennant's bladder, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and they you 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 see. I'm it, sorry, you're left out of this one. Um, That's all right. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's one of those things of uh, they they did portray very good, you know, very very good strong friendship, and 
uh, I think that was what made the Donna Noble, you know, end up so tragic. So tragic is that you know they, you know, the doctor ended up losing one of his only true friends, mm-hmm. uh, where everybody else was a follower or an admirer or what have you. You know, the only ones that actually, and, and I think it's screwed up hard. Uh, Jones, her first name, Martha. Martha Jones. Um, she was more his equal than than Rose, but also where Billy Piper took Rose post David Tennant. Uh, in every return, she has been this. She has become fully her own character. She's returned again. Uh, she well, she, I mean, she showed up. She showed um, up at the end of time, yeah. Well, not at the end of time, but um, the, she, end, the end of that series. But. She also showed up as the moment um, in uh, the uh, Day of the Doctor. Yeah, but that was uh, that was something different. But it took her personality. Yeah. To be fair, Whovians, <clears throat> it's not technically gaming. That's just a show. So, but still, it's, we're talking it's about. Geeky. I think feel like at this point we're talking about romance and geek. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, broad strokes here. Because it's, it's worth it's worth pointing out. We've been talking about a lot about video games, um, and something that is so, something that 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 even though it even though it's it's much less the case, um, there is there are a lot of games where where uh, to to go back to video games here a bit. Um, where relationships are very juvenile. We have excuse. Huh? <laughs> well, bless you. Thank you. Um, the the video game industry does, I feel, deserve some of it, some of the uh, bad press that it gets. Um, when it comes to um, the oversexualization of female characters, a lot of female... Not, not all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, not, not to fall back on the cliche of not all gamers, not all characters, mm-hmm. not all what have you. Yes. Yeah. But it is definitely something that is some, that, that deserves recognition and uh, deserves acknowledgement. Well, um, I feel that we have. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and also the, uh, the male aspect, too, where it's like, Hey, every guy has to look like Marcus Phoenix, yeah. or something like that. Where it's like, you know, it's like it's the He-Man effect, right? Yeah. Where it's like you have to be the alpha male who has got muscles on muscles, and you can do no mm-hmm. wrong, and you're so brave, and you run in there, and you shoot all the things, and you know, you, you know, you have all, you know, it's just yeah. like, or you know, like, yeah, you get the idea. I don't need to be redundant. Marcus Russell was he the Gears of War guy? No, Marcus Phoenix. Marcus Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. So, with a name like, with a last name like Phoenix and a first name. Yeah, he's like the Marcus. Gears of War guy. Yeah. You know, that's, and I think that's the over. But it's like the generic, like, I'm a gruff myself. marine type. Yeah, like, it's and, just and, like, you know, you know there's not a lot of. You get to be smart. That's, that's why, that, that, that's why so many uh, gamers still, um, still uh, identify so well with a slightly overrate, uh, slightly overweight uh, plumber from Italy. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> well, that's a good segue into. Uh, Actually, technically, he's from Brooklyn, but still. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a good segue into some of the uh, some of the 
famous like pairings or relationships over the years. I'm just gonna throw some out there and see if there's any thoughts on them. Anything we wanted to uh, to mention there? Luigi and Peach. We <laughs> shipping it. Um, we we touched on some of it just naturally throughout the episode, but obviously we have like the whole Mario and. By the way, just a quick aside. I'm confused with the whole princess situation. There's Princess Peach and there's Princess Daisy. Like, what? What is this whole okay. thing? So Who's who? in canon, the okay. So Princess Daisy is the princess of uh, of uh, Shirasa Land from uh, Super Mario Land One, the Game Boy. Yeah, game. the Game Boy games, right? Um, princess Peach. Princess Peach is the princess of the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. Um, at this point, canonically, um, Peach. Is uh, is Mario's girlfriend slash love interest, and Daisy is Luigi's. Okay. Because you know both brothers got to have a girl, and they can't. Hey, and they, can and they can't be. And they can't be eternally fighting over Peach. Right. There you go. All right. Um, cool. Even Thanks though for the, that up. even though someone used, uh, and it's also heavily implied that Rosalinda, Rosalina from uh, Super Mario Galaxy, is. The daughter of Peach and Mario from a previous time loop. That's really weird. Um, I never, I didn't really play that game much, so I don't know about so that. So the implication is that time is is cyclical, and because Princess Rosalina, or Queen Rosalina, what Rosalina goes around moving at relativistic speeds frequently, she's actually made it through the cyclical loop more than once. There's some surprisingly deep shit in Mario games. However, someone games. also recently Nintendo used... Nintendo games in general. <laughs> right. However, people also recently used uh, used uh, genetic theory to prove that actually Rosalina is probably the, da- the daughter of Luigi and Peach. That's important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving right along. That's, yeah, that, that's... But from, but from millions of years ago in a previous time loop. So, so yeah. okay, so basically then it's Mario and Princess Peach and Luigi and Princess Daisy. Most commonly, yes. Yeah, most commonly. Uh, and then we have uh, Link and Zelda, of course. Yeah. Um, that was another thing I was considering as spoiler week is, uh, like, Sheik is in fact Zelda the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that would have that would have been a good one. Um, uh, let's see. Of course we have... Although there's also the whole thing that, like, Link and Zelda aren't necessarily always... are very, actually very rarely romantically paired. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, it's more, much more all frequently... Ambiguous. Um, it's... It's... Uh, it's vassal and, and, and ruler more, than, more often than... Yeah, it's more of... And it's more of a, like, destiny intertwined thing than a yeah. strictly romantic thing. Mm-hmm. It's like this kind of fate connection yeah. that they have. Right. Uh, and then there's Geralt, and of course his various love interests. And Geralt is the name for the Witcher, yep. for those people who aren't aware. Geralt of Riviera. Yep. Riviera. Rivia. Rivia. Riviera would be like taking a cruise or whatever, but... Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Commander Shepard and his or her various love interests. Uh, now we have Cloud, and there's a whole love triangle thing with Cloud and Tifa and Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Uh, although that is debatable, because the interesting thing about it is people are like, oh, it's a love triangle, but since he's a silent protagonist, how do we know how much he's really into it? Right. Like, he doesn't react well, a whole At one lot. point, he dresses up like a girl. And, well, you know, that's and, why I've always played... Uh, that's why I always uh, manipulate things uh, any time I play Final Fantasy VII so that I go on, a, on the date with Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> because if you... If, 
And he sulks the whole time. Right? Yeah. Well, and no one likes it. Like. Yeah. But there is a way that you can that, that you can make the date at Gold Saucer be with Barrett That's instead amazing. of either of them. It, it requires a fair bit of uh, of like. Making sure you do a specific thing at specific that times. That makes me so happy that that's a thing, though. <laughs> but it's fantastic. That's pretty pause. great. Need to pause for a second. Pause. Pausing. Kind of digressed a bit. All right, so I actually paused that. So it sounds it's going to sound really weird when I have to splice when I have to actually make this work later. <coughs> um, <coughs> so <coughs> where were we? Um, talking about video game couples. Video game pairing couple people. So oh, that's right. We're people. talking about the, the Barrett dated the gold saucer and all that. Yeah, the right. Barrett dated yes. gold saucer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. good times. Good times. Of course, that's not the only date you have to go on because there is the part part where you have to dress up as girls. Yep. To oh uh, yeah, what was his name like Don Cornelio or something? Yeah. And yeah. make that very off-putting sound effect when he thrusted the arrows like meow meow. <laughs> he was essentially the leisure suit Larry of that game. He really was. Only he actually had, you know, money and respect. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know about respect. They pretended to respect him because he had the money. Right. But exactly. anyway, I digress. <laughs> another another Final Fantasy pairing uh, Cecil and Rosa from Final Fantasy IV. And then also Rydia and Edge from Final Fantasy IV. And I just want to point out how creepy it is that in normal time space, she was like 8 to 10. And then she goes in that monster world, and she's like, time passes differently there. So it's like she's eighteen, but like in the normal world, it's it's like she would still be like nine or something. Yeah, yeah but she's also weird. someone completely different. Because keep in mind, for her, literally that amount of time has passed. Yeah, it's just it's still a little weird though. Time dilation always makes things weird. Yeah. Yeah. Temporal mechanics always gives me a headache. <laughs> Don't read the book uh, Eternal War then. Yeah, no, but the, the Cecil Rosa thing I thought was actually a good example of a relatively early video game portraying a realistic romance because you actually there's actually a lot of significant things there like uh, we talked we have the whole episode so plug plug if you want to watch the Final Fantasy or listen to I should say the Final yeah. Fantasy 4 episode we go into detail I think it's actually game. one of the ones we have on YouTube too there you go. Yeah. Double plug. But uh, yeah, it. You start the game and you, you know, you have this whole crisis of conscience thing. You're the Dark Knight and all that, and there's all this stuff. And that's like the whole. You go home to your significant other, and you have serious work problems that you talk about, and you have emotional baggage and stuff. And then like there's a change. He becomes paladin, and then there's all that he's dealing with, and like. Uh, and then they get married at the end, you mm-hmm. know, so there's the before and after and the whole wedding and engagement and who's at the wedding and how are they doing the wedding, where is the wedding, they have all the wedding stuff, and th- just the ups and downs of the relationship, but they, they, uh, they have, uh, they have victories, they have setbacks, they have betrayal by a close friend, the close friend actually is romantically interested in her, but controls himself, and that's part of the reason he probably goes off on his own is because there's, it's strongly implied that Cain is in love with Rosa, mm-hmm. but is unwilling to betray his best friend and doesn't want to become a Sir Lancelot right. uh, and goes off and does his own thing. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff there when you think about it, all the various relationships and ups and downs. And it's, it's actually a fairly um, well-fleshed-out romance with such a limited, like, medium when you think about it, you know? So, uh, I'm sorry. It's, 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 you're right, it's a very good romance. Just talking about... Kane and not wanting to Sir Lancelot reminds me yeah. of The Room. 
by Tommy Wiseau. Uh, here we go. <laughs> um, you guys haven't gotten a chance to see it. I just finally watched it with, uh, with Ethan last night as of recording. There will be an episode on that the oh, next yes. time we can't get an episode out because Ethan and I actually recorded an episode. But we're going to have that as just backup just-in-case episode. Yeah. It's not timed or anything. Right. Um, yeah. And it's... Uh, You're tearing me apart. <laughs> you are tearing me apart, Lisa. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a thing that happens. I still want you guys to watch it with me at some point. Oh, it's, absolutely. I'm down. It for is it. so. F- oh my! It is like. If if I might digress for just a moment, I got the Blu-ray disc of it. Yes, clearly you need the yeah. special effects, right? Well, here's the thing. Now they're glory. The. <laughs> The uh, the actual recorded episode, the video, the movie, is in one aspect ratio. The menu is in a different aspect ratio. Wow. And the special features scenes are in a third, completely different aspect ratio. I feel like that's a microcosm for the movie. It really is! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we can't even get this straight. <laughs> I can't even say that, which is, again, this is very, this is like meta on meta on meta. Yeah, this is like 16 volts, <laughs> That's like 16 metas. Yeah, good stuff. And then, of um, course, we'll have to do an episode sometime on the Disaster Artist to follow up on that. That'd be good. Um, <laughs> what other... Let's see. Who else do we got? Um, of course, we got the the. Uh, we got up. We got up to to Shepherd and whoever they. Yeah, the various shepherds. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is. Um, oh, in Liara OTP. As far as I'm concerned, by the way, Shepherd Liara. Okay. All right. Um, another another. This is kind of a theme that goes throughout too. Is that um, this the <laughs> the 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 romantic. Um, the romantic relationship with a silent protagonist, which is a very interesting, <laughs> unique thing, because we talked about Cloud, first of all. Uh, and then there's also uh, Gordon Freeman and, uh, and Alex Vance uh, in the Half-Life series. They're, they're, they're a thing. And there's actually pretty good chemistry there, just mostly because the pr- actress who played Alex Vance is super good. Really good. Yeah, and in, in the cinema, in the way they, pr- like the shots, the cinematography, if you will, which is funny because I'm describing a video game, but it's very much... Uh, a it's a shame that thing. we're never going to get Half-Life 3. Yeah, or even Episode 3, for that matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it ended on a cliffhanger and just never picked up again. Uh, but great games, nonetheless. Um, and yeah, then you, you know that's a th- and that's funny too, right? Is because in Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> that came out uh, about seven years after Final Fantasy IV did. Mm-hmm. And Final Fantasy IV actually had, like, believable dialogue between them, whereas Final Fantasy VII, Cloud just... You have occasional dialogue choice. Right. And, like, that's... And frequently he would shrug or head down. Yeah, his most... his It was mainly just him shrugging and, like, moving his head around. Like, that was the the central way he communicated. Or, of course, the ever-prevalent Final Fantasy ellipses. Yeah. I feel like that should be a trademark. The the FF ellipses. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. It's always ellipses. Like, that was half his fucking... Ellipsis. Ellipses is the plural. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Well, that's what we're talking about, though. Because every time he does it, it's dot, dot, dot. Well, no, and that is a single ellipsis. Yes, but there. But he did it. But so he does often. it so many times. Therefore, it's ellipses. Okay, fair enough. But I guess in the way I was presenting it, it the way you were presenting it, you were presenting it as singular. And I have to be pedantic because I love technically being pedantic. correct, man. Yes, correct. Yes. Um, 
is the best kind of correct. Yeah, and, and, you know, so, of course, I guess that leads to one thing, though. That? When Advent children come out, nobody complained about them getting Cloud's voice wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. They certainly, uh, they they certainly came out ahead on that one because it's like he barely talks in that thing too. Well, yeah. I, I yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was a visual feast, but story wise, it was kind of meh. Yeah, um, it was it was worth it. Get, just getting to see Tifa kick ass for a while, mm-hmm. and and Vincent kick ass as well. Who's yeah. always been my favorite character, like in general. Well, I don't know. Sid's pretty great too. Anyway, point is. Good visuals, but eh, on the well, on the dialogue. Good visuals, but eh, on the story. That is Square Enix in That's a nutshell. Final Fan- well, yeah. Well, Final Fantasy's kind of been all over the place. Yeah. They'll have really good stories, then they'll have meh stories, and and but they never seem to be able to have both good visuals and good story um, until like Final Fantasy twelve. Well, six. I guess yeah. It had really Just because good it's not free, doesn't mean it's yeah. not good. Yeah, really artist is fantastic. That's true. Yeah. Never mind. Ignore me. Ignore me. Ignore me! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny thing is, I think we're both referencing something different. I'm I'm referencing Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. What are you referencing? And I'm referencing uh, my my go-to thought process for ignore me is uh, is Yu-Gi-Oh the Abridged series. Okay. Well, you're right then. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and admittedly he was probably uh, he was probably referencing. He's the, probably uh, riffing off of yeah. that. So in a way, we're simpatico here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Pay no attention to man behind the curtain. <laughs> I had that on a shirt from uh, from one of the shows I did uh, crew on once. Very expensive so... because you had to pay by the letter. <laughs> I just had a couple other examples I wrote down. Um, I haven't really played the game, but I've I've seen some snippets. Um, Alan and Alice Wake. Um, from Alan Wake, a game that underperformed big time, but is it? Uh, okay, I, I have, I have no uh, established opinion of uh, Alan. Wake. I don't have much of one either. Uh, but the basically, it, it's it has a portrayal of a troubled marriage because he is like uh, he gets obsessed with his work and he gets gets some alcoholism going on and stuff. You got Max Payne syndrome. Yeah, well, there's that. That's actually a good segue. Um, and that's another thing that we haven't touched on too much yet is. Um, a lot of this stuff with uh, romance and gaming and romance and video games specifically, it's not always just the like um, uh, healthy relationship or casual lay. Like it's uh, it actually a lot of these games and especially more recently as they've gotten more sophisticated and the text gotten darker and grittier. Well, not necessarily dark. I mean, some of it dark, but just other aspects. Yeah, I guess a lot of it is just the dark side. I mean, you have like. Uh, people getting divorced, people never being able to wind up together, uh-huh. uh, people, significant others dying, um, people dealing with the death of their significant other, and again, yeah. that goes into Max Payne. Like, speaking of spoiler alert, like, the first thing you see is his, well, you don't see it, but his wife and his baby are brutally murdered, yep. which sets him off on the whole cliche uh, loose cannon cop Rampage. on a rampage. Rampage! <laughs> yeah. So, there's that. Uh, actually, my movie? In terms of in Rampage, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, in Max Payne Two, um, he has a there's a whole romantic subplot with him and Mona Sachs, and um, I don't know. It's actually really interesting. Yeah, in Max Payne that. Three, he's 
drinking. He's an alcoholic in the Middle East or something. No, he's in the he's in South America. Okay, that makes that's easier than the than being an alcoholic in the Middle East. But yeah, so he's an alcoholic on a different continent. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, the, of course, Max Payne. And I, I, by the way, I just love this uh, this device of him being addicted to painkillers because that is the mechanic for which you gain your health back. <laughs> that's just such a fun tie-in to me. I don't know why that tickles me so much, but it just does. Because anyone who's played Max Payne, like, you don't pick up health kits or, like, regain health when you take cover or whatever. What you do is you pick up little bottles of painkillers. <laughs> and you have, like, a little silhouette. And, like, the higher the level, like a, like a rising, like, water in a glass kind, mm-hmm. kind of thing, like, that's how much damage you've taken. And it only, like, lowers a bit to, like, the next segment. So the way you get your health back is by popping pills, by popping painkillers. And that's just such a thematic well, thing. Max Payne has always been a pretty grimdark... Uh, oh, very, yeah. Well, absolutely. not grimdark. It's, very, it's always been incredibly noir. Yeah, yeah, noir um, is the is the word. Yeah, and that's cool because there's hardly any noir in games for the most part. It's 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 well, it's increased, noir. It's increased significantly, but when the number is almost zero, yeah, that's not as much as a noticeable difference. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Max Payne series is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, speaking of noir, um, have either of you played Heavy Rain? I I really like Quantic Dream stuff, but I don't have a PlayStation. That, but I have a PlayStation Two. Ah, well, when you when you do get a three slash four, definitely check it out. They did yeah. a remastered one, an HD version. Um, well, I, I decided to join the PC Master Race. Yeah, well, it, it was actually a, uh, a PlayStation exclusive. It is out. still a PlayStation. Oh, is it exclusive. still PlayStation? Okay. No, Quantic Dream has an exclu- has an exclusivity deal with Sony in general. Oh, okay. Boston yeah. Become Human is all, or not Boston. Detroit Become Human is also going to be uh, PlayStation exclusive. Well, I won't I won't go on that too much since neither of you would know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> uh, Heavy Rain, there are some interesting relationship dynamics, and that deals with. It happens at the very beginning of the game, so it's not really a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main protagonists that you play, and that's the interesting thing about the game, is that you there's like three or four different people that you actually play as, and there's like differing perspectives mm-hmm. and stuff. It shifts around. But one of the main characters, uh, Ethan Mars, I believe his name is, um, his, his young son tragically dies in a freak car accident at the beginning, and like he's dealing with that for the rest of the game. And like him and his wife split over it and like he's emotionally shut off and there's all this like really deep stuff that's going on there but um there's like a potential love interest in the game and whether like will they won't they and how does that work because he's trying to like basically live again and be a real human being again there's some really deep like emotional stuff in that game um but yeah that that was that's a good example of like a mature sophisticated approach to that kind of stuff where it's realistic it's not just like Oh hey, he meets someone and it's just a whirlwind romance. It's like yeah. he has to really struggle with like fixing himself before he can even attempt a relationship with another person again. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. How are we for time? Uh, we are completely out of time. Mm. Well, we touched impressive. on pretty much all the main things uh, that we have, yeah. anyway. How are we for time? We're out of time. <laughs> In my notes, We're yeah. out of it. And <laughs> that's all the time we yeah. have. Um, it's definitely something I think we could probably talk about again. Um, try and like focus in on like talking, breaking down the relationships in the single game or something. And, and, and also, we just we, we mainly focus on video games, but there's other there's also uh, tabletop role playing mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, comic books and other aspects of geekdom that we can yeah. visit on that can make uh, things and, and, interesting and awkward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As I say, because I have a friend of mine who uh, discovered you know that she was trans through playing a female character. Yeah, and suddenly she realized this is who I really am. Mm-hmm. You know? 
So it's yeah, it's interesting getting to know that person all over again. <laughs> well, but that will have to wait for future times and things because time. Um, like it's I said, next week Van and I will be at uh, at Vision Vision Con. And we're gonna be doing, and we we were gonna do New Vegas, right? Yeah, we're gonna do New Vegas that weekend. What were there? Okay. Why not? Why the hell? We kind of, I mean, we have to get New Vegas over with before we can get to the one that that both of us been play have been playing regularly since. So. <laughs> well, it's fitting that you do a Vegas weekend thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Vegas uh, stays in Branson. <laughs> what happens in New Vegas? Stays in New Vegas except for the fallout that expands to nearby right. areas. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but do come visit us at the booth if you're going to be in there. If you're, um, if you heard about it on the podcast, please let us know because that would be really cool. Like I would be super happy and might give you a hug. And if you don't <laughs> like that, um, you could also say you don't want the hug. Um, <laughs> Stay on the other side of the table, David. <laughs> But yeah, um, in the meantime, next week will be more things. Uh, we'll need to get a. We'll, next week we'll probably record, uh, if we can, we'd like to record the review of uh, Black Panther. And so it begins. <laughs> and so it begins indeed. Um, in the meantime, this has been Neil. The one true Ben. Mike. And we will talk to you next week on Geek Anthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter D and the number 39. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you're listening on iTunes, please consider leaving us a rating. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please also consider supporting us, either by donating at our website or on Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. You can love someone deep in your heart, and there's nothing wrong with that.